Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. I'm Ellie Nieves, and I'm a woman's leadership speaker and coach. Welcome to the Christian Career Women Podcast. If you're a Christian woman who wants to honor God, live with purpose, be known for excellence and integrity, and achieve work-life balance, then this podcast is for you. At Christian Career Women, our goal is to help you aspire, achieve, and thrive in your faith, life, and work. To learn more and to join our free online community, go to christiancareerwomen.com. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Ellie Nieves, and welcome to our online Bible study. We are Christian career women, and we are so pleased to be able to come to you to have a, a timely discussion. We are going to talk about how we can move beyond our fears and how we can claim God's promises. We are living in an unprecedented time that even just three weeks ago, we would never have a imagine that we would be where we are today. And uh, with uh, this pandemic that has now uh, hit many countries and are now is now hitting cities, I myself, I'm living in New York. I live in a suburb of New York, but I'm feeling uh, a lot of the pressure that's occurring uh, even in New York City. It turns out that New York is the state that is hardest hit by the coronavirus. And uh, of course, uh, I feel it in my community. There is a, a sense of fear, a sense of anxiety, and we're almost on the verge of panic in some places. Uh, I follow some of the discussions online and then I have to say, okay, this is where I draw the line. I need to stop reading Facebook because sometimes people are engaging in comments or they're asking questions or they're spreading false rumors or people are uh, making comments or they're uh, giving advice that's really not grounded in solid evidence or in scientific facts. Uh, but I'm gonna urge you today to let's put all that aside and let's go to the source. You know, Christian career women. Christian comes first, right? So hmm. we're here today as Christian women. Uh, we're going to put the world to the side. We're going to put all the panic to the side. And we're just going to delve right into the Bible. And we're going to see what God tells us about how we should be managing situations like this. I am so glad to be able to have my friend, Justenia Garcia Barca with me. Uh, <laughs> many of you already met Tesenia. She uh, helped us lead a Bible study uh, just a few weeks ago on managing our life and our ministry. And uh, Jesenia is just a woman who's full of wisdom. I really enjoy Jesenia's friendship. Uh, Jesenia uh, led a Bible study. Her and her husband led a Bible study that my husband and I uh, belong to. And we've remained friends. And she has been a, a source of encouragement for me during difficult times. She's a great friend. And the reason why is because she loves God. She loves Jesus. 
Uh, she's got a, a walking Bible. She's like a walking Bible. And I love that about Senya <laughs> because <laughs> she sees everything through the filter of Jesus. And in these times, in these difficult times, that's exactly what we need. We need to surround ourselves with people who are speaking the same language that we want to speak, which is the word of God. So, Jasenia, thank you again for joining us. Um, thank you for having me. And I am going to uh, share my screen here because you and I talked about some scriptures this morning. And uh, we want to share them with our friends here today. Can you see my screen? Yes. Fabulous. So, I want to just point out again what the title of our Bible study is, which is Moving Past the Fear claiming God's promises. So we want to claim God's promises, but there are some things we need to consider before we do that. And I wanted to start off with Psalm 91. There's a movement online. If you go online, a lot of people are talking about Psalm 91. And I love this Psalm. It's one of those Psalms that gives us a lot of encouragement. And some of the words specifically in the Psalm really bring us a sense of peace and calm, especially uh, relevant to today's times. And I highlighted a couple of the verses within the Psalm. So I'm not going to read the whole Psalm, but I will just highlight some of the verses. So we'll start in verse three. It says, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. In verse six, it says, do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness. Moving on to verse nine, it says, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. And in verse 14, it says, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. Now, Jacenia, you and I had a great conversation this morning as we were just talking about this psalm, and you said something great to me. You said, every promise has a premise, and there's definitely a premise in Psalm 91. Can you tell me what you think about that? Yeah, um, I can't take credit for that line. That's actually something my pastor preached a whole message on how the promises of God all come with premises, meaning God promised us to do certain things in our lives, but first we need to make certain decisions. And here in verse nine, it makes it very clear that if we make God our refuge, if we make him our shelter, no evil will conquer us. And I think when we step and when we step into the word and we start talking about claiming God's promises, we need to first make sure we're in relationship with him. Um, I think God, you know, as parents, we reserve our greatest blessings for those that we're most intimate with, that being our children. And I think it's the same with God. I think when he's in intimate relationship with us, he'll open the floodgates of blessings, but we need to make sure we're in relationship first. So when you talk about relationship, what does that mean, being in relationship with God? It means accepting God not only as your Savior, but also as your Lord. A lot mm -hmm. of times we accept Jesus as our Savior, but we don't give him lordship over our life. We don't give him control. We don't invite him into every area and aspect of our life. And I think when we have a relationship with God, instead of knowing about him, we begin to know him. We begin to walk with him and to talk with him on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I think it's true. Some of us... Um, have a really deep relationship with God. And some of us maybe have more of a superficial relationship with God. Some of us are new to the faith. Some of us have been walking in the faith for a long time, but we, nece we haven't necessarily given our lives over 
to Christ. Uh, so there, there's definitely something to consider there and something very true that maybe we come to God whenever we have troubles, but during the rest of the time, we're not coming to God. Or right. maybe we come to God during the holidays, like Easter and Christmas, or when we want to baptize a baby, but, or, or for weddings or funerals, but we don't give him, as you said, lordship over our lives. And there are some parts of our lives where we protect, we protect these aspects of our lives um, and we don't let God in. Was there ever a time in your life where, where maybe you didn't let God into a certain aspect of your life? Yeah, I mean, I think in general, I tend to struggle with being in control. So there's definitely been times in my life where I've kind of put my hand up and told God, you know, I've got this. And he, you know, he always brings me to my knees and he always reminds me how much I need him and how I have to surrender to him in every area of my life if I'm truly going to be blessed and successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think when I first came into, uh, when I became a Christian, um, I had that battle with, and this, and I think this is why I feel like I'm called to like faith and work ministry is because I felt I had, I had this tug of war in terms of my uh, professional ambitions and uh, my walk with Christ. Uh, and when I first started studying the Bible, uh, I just felt like, oh, well, these Christians, they're asking for too much of me. They want me to go to church on Sundays. They want me to go to midweek service. They want me to tithe. They want me to do this. They want me to do that. And I wanted God in my life, but not like that. That was like too much, right? <laughs> that was a little extra, right? <laughs> that was like too extra. You know, I had these girls that had, they were like on fire for the Lord and they saw me and they're like, wow, this is, this is a, we got a live one here, right? They were, they were like, we will study the Bible with you at any time. I'm like, well, I'm busy. I got to go to work. They were like, we will meet you at 6 a.m. And literally they would meet me in the morning before I went to work. And then I was working this crazy job. I didn't get out until like 10, 11 o'clock at night. They were like, we will meet you at 10 o'clock at night. I mean, they were just on fire for the Lord. And it was funny because I actually pushed them away. I'm like, this is too much. You guys are like, you guys, you must be a cult, right? You must be a cult. <laughs> this is crazy. And I pushed them away. And it wasn't until I completely immersed myself in work. And maybe about a year later, I just had this empty feeling about everything that I was engaged in. And I desperately felt like I needed the Lord. And at that point, I, you know, I, I picked up the phone and I'm like, I'm ready now. I was finally ready. And at that point, it wasn't just God be my savior, Lord be my savior, but Jesus, you know, be the Lord of my life, right? Mm -hmm. At that point, you know, my priorities were reorganized. And now I knew that that's the direction I want to go. I wanted to focus on, on Jesus. And over time, um, you know, I've still been successful in my career, but Jesus is always at the center of everything now. Right. Uh, and, uh, he is Lord of my life. And I'm, I'm happy to say that now, but there were definitely, there was definitely a time in my life where I didn't let him be the Lord of my life. And we all struggle with that, uh, sometimes in our journey. Uh, and so we've got, oh, go ahead. I think it's just when we, I think when we recognize how much he loves us and that he wants what's best for us, it's easier to surrender to him. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we think we know what's best. And so we kind of just keep going in one direction. And he's sitting there and he's saying, if you'll only surrender, if you'll only trust me, you'll see how much, you know, how much good I have for you, how many blessings I have for you. Right. Right. That's great. So Joy says, Jesus is King. And Yolanda says, great point, Lordship over our lives. Amen. So 
We've got another scripture here that I think is very encouraging. It's definitely encouraging to me. And it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit and, a, and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one phrase that I really love in this scripture is self-discipline. I mean, I love power and love as well. I think they're very important. But the self-discipline part, uh, I think is key here because um, self-discipline is what's going to actually carry us through, I think, this difficult time right now, along with our faith in God. And that's because self-discipline is something that we need to practice on a regular basis in order to um, hold our thoughts captive, because that's where the fear starts, right? The fear starts in the mind. It starts with our thoughts. It starts with us speculating. It starts with us asking the what if questions. So Mm -hmm. I actually looked up the definition of self-discipline in the the dictionary. And here's what it says. It says self-discipline, the ability to control one's feelings and overcome one's weaknesses, the ability to to pursue what one thinks is right, despite temptations to abandon it. So I think most of us think that in these situations that the right thing to do is to maintain a positive outlook. And I get it. That word positive in a time like this doesn't always sound good. It might even sound like, well, hey, you're tone deaf if you're using the word positive, right, during a time like this. But if we read the Bible, God in a number of occasions tells us to, in some ways, and I'm going to paraphrase this, but to put on glasses so that we can look at things from a different perspective. I think that's where the whole idea that, you know, we need to think, we need to think about gratitude every day, you know, come up with Mm -hmm. things that we're grateful for. And, and, And I challenge all of you that during this time, can you find things to be grateful for? Can you discipline your mind to think about positive things and the good things that are actually happening around you, despite what you're hearing in the news, despite what you're hearing people say, despite what you're seeing in social media, can you maintain a positive outlook? What do you think about that, Jesenia? You know, I think as Christians, this is really the perfect opportunity to combat the reality of our circumstances with the truth of God's word. Um, Reality says, you know, there's the coronavirus and it has taken so many lives and it's, you know, really compromising the entire nation. But the truth of God's word says that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. The truth of God's word says that his grace is sufficient for us. The truth of God's word says that no matter what we walk through, that he will walk beside us. That when we walk through the fire, he'll be with us. When we walk through the water, we will not drown. So regardless of what we're going through, when we start thinking those negative thoughts, we need to take them captive and we need to replace them with the truth of God's word. Amen. And you know, it's funny when we were talking earlier today, we we, we chatted about how um, especially when we're young in the faith, we, we, we might approach Jesus as if he were a genie, right? right? Like I come to Jesus and then everything's going to be okay. And I, I, I joked this morning and I always talk, I love Joyce Meyer. I think everybody knows that now. Uh, and I talked about uh, the story that Joyce Meyer likes to tell. And she talks, she talks about how one day she was preaching and afterward a woman came up to her and she was really angry and pissed off. And uh, Joyce, you know, asked her, well, what's going on? And she said, I've been listening to you for the past two weeks and doing everything that you've said for the past two weeks. And this stuff is not working. So, <laughs> That's funny. 
it's hilarious because sometimes we approach God that way, right? We think that if we check off a couple of boxes, we go to church, we read the Bible, we pray, then everything's going to work out according to our plan. Right. But there's a greater plan out there and that's God's plan. And he never promised us that everything was going to go according to our plan. He always talks about his plan and he talks about troubles. He actually, that's the one thing that he definitely said in the Bible says, in this life, in this world, you will face trouble. Right. Hey guys, this is trouble right now. <laughs> this, is it. this is it. This is it. We're facing trouble right now. But there's an expectation of what we, sh- what we can experience in that trouble. And we're going to talk about this in scriptures to come in this Bible study. But what do you think, Jesenia, about what is to come? I mean, he promises us that he would give us his grace and that he would give us his strength, no matter what it is that we're facing. Um, you know, like you said, he never said it was going to be easy. He never said that having a relationship with him means that we're going to be walking on easy street. Um, mm-hmm. You know, God gives us promises of blessing, but he also promised us that in this world, we were going to have trouble. And right now we're in the thick of it. But like I said, he's never going to leave us and he's never going to forsake us. And he's going to hold our hand through the whole process. That's right. That's right. And I love that. So let's, let's talk about the next scripture. And we're going to break this one down because I think there's a formula here that we need to follow uh, in order to see God's plan work itself out perfectly for us to also be in peace in the midst of it. So uh, it's Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. And it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So let's break this down. Ladies it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. So we'll start there. The first thing that we need to do is to pray. We need to bring all of our anxiety, all of our fears, all of our concerns, all of our worries, we need to just bring them to God. We need to get on our knees and we need to just pray and lay it all at his feet. And then it says with thanksgiving. Now this is, I think, unique because we don't often stop and think that during a difficult time, we should be giving thanks. But we're supposed to pray and we're supposed to thank God in the process. And we give him, we turn all of our requests over to God. And then once we do all that, and this is to your point, right? Every promise has a premise, right? So that's the premise. So here's the promise now. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So that to me is amazing because what it does, what it tells us is that if we go to him in prayer and thanksgiving, Even in a difficult time like this, when everyone is anxious, when everybody's worried, when you're hearing all these bad reports, you're going to feel God's peace in the middle of the chaos. Right. And that peace is going to transcend all understanding. Everybody around you is going to be going crazy and they're going to be like, why are you so calm? Mm -hmm. What is going on with you? Yeah. At that moment, God is guarding your heart and he's guarding your mind. And that peace transcends everybody's understanding. Nobody's going to get it. Nobody's going to understand why you're so calm in the middle of the craziness and the chaos. What do you think? to say? No, no one will get it because it's not natural. 
it's supernatural. Once you enter into the presence of God and once you lay things at his feet, no, it doesn't make the problems go away, but he consumes you with his peace. And one of the things I love to do is really to combine praise with prayer. So when I'm spending time in God's presence and I'm praying, I will also put on some praise music and start singing some Waymaker or start singing in the fire. And God has not gifted me with the ability to sing, but he said, make a joyful noise. And so I do it. As I begin to praise him, his peace really just consumes me. There's just no room for chaos and anxiety when you're in the middle of praising God. So I would just encourage you to just put on your favorite worship music, find a quiet spot, and just take it to Jesus. Amen. Amen. And it's so funny that you say that. And, you know, I, it just reminds me of uh, when I was in the middle of the chemo treatments for my breast cancer. And, you know, when you don't know what's going to happen, especially during that period when they tell you that you've been diagnosed with breast cancer, but they don't know what stage yet, you know, there's a, there's a, a little period of time there. And, you know, I had a lot of time to think and come to terms with my mortality because I didn't know what stage I was in. I didn't know what was going to happen. And I had to ask myself the question, well, what if this is it for me? What if this is the beginning of the end? And um, despite all that I was facing, and don't get me wrong, it's not that I didn't fear, that I didn't have uh, experience fear, anxiety, but there was also a strange peace that came along um, mm -hmm. with my prayers. Uh, and I just felt like, you know what, God, if, if this is, if this is it, if this is my time, okay, that's your plan for me. This was your plan for me. God has a plan for each of us. Mm -hmm. um, and no, we don't like to talk about this. We don't like to face our mortality, but we, we're all going to go at some point and we don't know how we're going to go. We don't know when we're going to go. You know, look at, you know, the, the news just uh, several weeks ago with Kobe Bryant. Who would have imagined right. somebody who was so youthful, successful with this child um, you know, what it did was it actually made a lot of people think about what could possibly happen to them. It just reminded all of us that tomorrow is not guaranteed for any one of us. Right. Right. So when we embrace our faith, when we embrace Jesus, then guess what? We shouldn't fear death. And don't get me wrong, because there's that human part of us that does fear death. But think about what's on the other side, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus promised right. us that there would be something better for us on the other side. This is our temporary home. You know, we are to live every day focused on heaven, what that is that's, that's coming in the future. And just thinking about those things during that period of time before I knew what my diagnosis, my full diagnosis was, uh, it brought me a lot of peace. Um, so by the time I found out that I had that, you know, I had to go through the 14 months of treatment. Um, and don't get me wrong, it was very, it was a very difficult time for me. But just what you're saying, just there were days where I would just turn on Danny Goki. I'm a huge Danny Goki fan. And mm -hmm. I would just praise the Lord, you know, and I'm like, you know, I don't feel good today. I'm really weak. I got no hair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to eat anything. My eyebrows are gone. You know, I, I went through these funky periods, but I'm like, I would just turn on Danny Goki and I would just praise the Lord. And it would just bring mm -hmm. me a sense of peace, a sense of joy. And then knowing that regardless of what I was going through, that God was going to get me through it. And, um, and here I am, I'm on the other side now. I'm three months out after finishing all the treatments. I feel great. I'm thankful uh, to God that he brought me through this. But because he brought me to the other side of this, what it does is it makes me feel strong for whatever's mm -hmm. ahead. Right. 
And I think that that's important, right? That when we, that we, go, when we go through challenges and difficulties, that we think about those times that we have overcome so that we can see that God is also going to carry us through the challenges in the future. Right. And I love what, I love what you said about remembering the, the things that he's brought us through. I'm a big believer in journaling because, you know, I'm old and I forget things. So I like to write, I like to write down, you know, prayers and I like to write down answers to prayers. And that when, when things get difficult, I like to go back to it and see how God brought me through. And it's so encouraging because it shows you his faithfulness time and time and time again. He comes through for us and not always in the way that we want. Not always in the way that we expect, but always in the way that we need. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking notes here because I take notes. I'm a note taker. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I love that. And you're right. I I journal too. And it's so funny that you say that because um, now that I've got a little bit of extra time, I'm trying to declutter my drawers and stuff. And I actually found um, uh, a calendar that I was keeping during my treatments and uh, on, on the days that I was going through stuff, I was actually writing the stuff down in the journal and mm-hmm. I was flipping through the pages and I was like, wow, you know, and here I am on the other side. And there were, there were days where I was suffering so much that I'm like, I just want to get to the other side of this. I just want to get to the other side. Right. And here I am on the other side and I'm so grateful for that. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's the battle, those battles that we face that prepare us for the war. It's when mm-hmm. we face situations that we actually build resiliency and that's what God is expecting of us. He wants us to build a level of resiliency so that we can be strong for what's ahead. And not right. just for ourselves, but for those people who are watching us. Right. You know, and who need us right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to come with questions. They're gonna, this is the time when people are going to ask you why you believe the way you do. This right. is the time where people that are not necessarily believers, they're going to come and they're going to ask you about the rapture. And is this it? And what does that mean for me? And what does that mean for my family? So this is our time as Christians really to stand up and take a platform for Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've got a couple of comments here. Joy says uh, Psalm 23 promises. Yeah, I love Psalm 23. It's one of those um, Psalms that's short and gets right to the heart of uh, us resting in God's promises. And Brittany says, do not fear, Isaiah 41.10, make a joyful noise to the Lord in all the earth. Hallelujah. And she also, she also quotes uh, Jeremiah 29.11. Mm. Uh, and Joy says, note takers are history makers. That's right, Joy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and Jolanda says, journaling is truly powerful. That's right. It is. So our next scripture is from Isaiah 26, three, it says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. What do you think of that? I think this is another example of one of those verses where God promises something, but it has a premise. And the premise is that we put our trust in him. If I come to God and I ask him for his grace and I ask him for his strength, and as soon as I say, amen, I start making my list of how I'm going to fix the problem. I'm not putting my trust in him. I'm bringing my problems to the altar and then taking them away from the altar with me. So I think we need to put our trust in God. And when we do, he will keep us in perfect peace. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, and, and what resonates with me again is this whole piece of the mind, right? How we have to mm-hmm. manage the mind. And it says, you know, our minds will be, you know, those whose minds are steadfast, mm-hmm. you know, and keeping our minds steadfast requires, again, that self-discipline piece which is us taking that affirmative action. We need to be proactive about taking our thoughts captive. 
And so let's talk about that a little bit. How do you, how do you take your thoughts captive? Well, you know, I'm a social worker. And so this is actually something that I talk uh, with clients about all the time. There's a direct link between your thought process and your emotions. So if you are thinking about the number of people that have died, if you're thinking about the speed with which the virus is spreading, you're going to increase your anxiety. You're going to feel worse. But if you start thinking about the fact that God still sits on the throne, if you start thinking about the fact that he is in control, if you start thinking about the fact that the same God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, that's going to have a direct impact on your emotions. So taking your thoughts captive, it, again, it doesn't mean denying the reality of your situation and your circumstance. It means replacing that reality, bringing it head to head with the truth of his word. And that's how I take my thoughts captive. Every time I have a negative thought, I have to go back to what does God say about this? This is my, this is my experience. This is my reality. But what's the truth according to God? Amen. So how are you handling the challenges now? How, how, are, you, you know, how are you managing your thought process now? I am making a joyful noise a lot. <laughs> but one of the things that I do is, is I think we need to exercise wisdom. I need to know what's going on in the world. So yes, I turn on the news in the morning to get an update and I get an update in the evening. But other than that, I stay away from the news because I don't need to fill my mind with every single detail and every single negative outcome because it is going to consume me with stress and with anxiety. So mm -hmm. I check in in the morning, I check in in the evening. And other than that, I stay away from it. I go through my day and I try to make use of the fact that I'm home. I try to spend time with my kids. I try to have some quiet time. I've reached out to friends about, you know, book recommendations that I could spend some time reading. Um, so I think we need to exercise wisdom and separate ourselves from the news for a good portion of the day so that it doesn't consume our emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So interesting that you say that. Um, the work that I do, I do government affairs for uh, an insurance company. And a lot of what's happening right now in the, uh, in the press and what's happening with our government agencies and how governments are responding to uh, the coronavirus, it's, it's actually core to my job description. So I have not been able to shut it off, but I've been able to manage what uh, sources I get information from. So I've been making sure that I only get information directly from the government agency. So for example, every time the governor has a press conference, I am watching everything that he says. I'm writing reports on everything that he says. I uh, follow the regulators, uh, also making sure that I understand what they're issuing. And then, you know, my company's making decisions based on the information that I'm providing them. So it's, it's, it's important for the business uh, to just keep it, you know, for, for business continuity purposes, the information that I'm streaming to them is important. Uh, but I'm limiting it to that. That's how I'm limiting my, um, my information sources. I'm mm -hmm. trying not to spend too much time on social media. And I've got to be honest with you, uh, all of us, we all have friends, we all have family members who tend to be very negative. We have uh, friends and family members who send uh, those forwards. Do you get those uh, annoying forwards? Uh, you know, they're, they're like usually based on, on something that's not true, but it's like, oh, so-and-so uh, don't accept their friend request because if you ex accept their friend request, they're going to take over your list. They're going to shut down your Facebook. They're yeah. going yeah. to do that. It's like, hold this down and pass it along. And people do it. They yeah. do it all the time. I get those kind of forwards constantly. I'm like, really, people? <laughs> <laughs> but we, we keep doing that. We, we take this falsehood and because it comes from someone that we know and trust, then we keep perpetuating it right. uh, at some place at some point that has to stop. So I'm very good about 
um, just filtering out people who I know have a tendency to do that, I filter them from my feed. We don't have to be a victim to the social media feed. Right. You have control over your settings and your social media feeds. You can mm -hmm. block people. You can remove them from your feed. Uh, so if you don't want to, if you don't want them to know that you're blocking, they won't know. Facebook doesn't tell them that you've removed them from your feed. Right. Mm -hmm. So right. you can easily do that. There are things that you can do to now guard your mind. And during these difficult times, what I do is I make sure that I put those little stars next to all the Christian um, uh, uh, Facebook accounts that I track. So that mm -hmm. all day long, what I'm actually getting fed is like scriptures. I'm getting fed encouraging mm -hmm. um, information throughout the day. And mm -hmm. I just keep one news source that I trust. And that's the one news source that's on my feed. So, yes. you know, we don't have to fall victim to the negativity that's around us. We can be proactive in filtering out the junk and the noise. Right. And I think we need to, you know, when we were speaking earlier today, you mentioned about how you had a, a Bible verse written on your desk and you kept looking at it over and over. And I do think we need to be meditating on God's word all day long. So we need to just kind of, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> We need to put together a list of just those scriptures that really speak to our spirit and encourage us. And we need to meditate on it throughout the day. You know, somebody commented that they work within the news and they're not able to separate themselves from it. And I get that because that's your career. But you need to have those Bible verses with you. You need to be meditating on them. And, and every time you get a piece of information that is real information and is part of our experience, you need to then go back to those Bible verses that remind you of God's truth, that no matter what it is that we're going through, he's walking beside us. Absolutely. And I think that's why it's so important that when we start the day, that we use that time for Bible study and prayer. Mm -hmm. and Amen. If it means that you're, you know, your house is full of people, then you have to get up earlier than everybody else to right. feed yourself. So you have a house full of people. You have a husband. You have two kids. What, what does your mm -hmm. quiet time look like? I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, because my, my husband leaves to work at five, my kids get up at six. So I get up at five so that I can have my coffee with Jesus. And I start my day with that because it doesn't only benefit me, but it benefits the people that I'm around. Because if I'm in a bad mood, it's going to kind of trickle down to my kids, to my husband, to the people that I work with. So I make sure I get up before my kids do so that I could spend time with God. And now, you know, my system is a little bit thrown off because we're all home, um, because of the coronavirus. So, you know, I still have to find a quiet place in my house. So I'll go downstairs and sit in front of the, the fireplace on, on a beanbag and put on my worship music and spend time with God there. Yeah. And, and I get it. Look, um, maybe, maybe you don't have a fireplace like Desenia does. Maybe you live in a studio apartment. Maybe you live in a one-bedroom apartment or two-bedroom apartment, or maybe you're under really tight quarters. Um, and even more of a reason for you to get up before everybody else does so that you have that quiet time in the morning so mm -hmm. that you can find that level of peace so that when everybody else gets up, um, you know, you're in, a, in the right frame of mind. And don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that that's like a magic pill. You know, I get up in the morning and then I'm going to be angelic all day floating on a cloud. That's not <laughs> what it means. It just means that, you, you know, and, and this happens to me, right? If I, if I study something in the morning, it echoes to me throughout the day. Right. So that when I um, am tempted to uh, maybe have an attitude or I'm tempted to respond in a negative way, that scripture that I read that morning, what I studied in the Bible kind of echoes to me and it helps me to self-correct a lot faster. 
And the Mm -hmm. more and more that we do that, and if we make that a regular practice in our lives, then the more likely we are to start responding rather than reacting to situations. God then starts giving us the tools that we need throughout the day so that we are better at how we respond to the things that are occurring around us. And sometimes you might have to be creative. You might have to go for a walk in order to get along with God. Or you might have to sit in your car, whatever your experience is, but really just separate yourself from people and have that time. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, nobody's saying you need to sit there for an hour and be in prayer for an hour. It can be five minutes. It can be 10 minutes, but set yourself apart from everybody else. Invite God into your day. Those are the words that I actually use. You know, I say, God, I invite you into my experience. I invite you to work. I invite you into my relationship with my kids. Invite him into every area of your life. And as you go through the day, when you're frustrated, you're about to lose it with that colleague or lose it with your child or with your spouse, call on God and ask him to give you the grace that he needs. And one of the prayers I pray frequently with God is I say, God, don't let me get in the way of what you want to do. Don't let my personality and my own stuff get in the way of what you want to do. Amen. Amen. I love that. And I, and I know what you mean, because I'm one of those hot blooded Latinas from the South Bronx. I, I know, I know. Sometimes it wants to come out and I'm like, no, the Holy Spirit said, keep it under control. Right, right. And it's not easy. The struggle is real, but that's, right. but that's why we need to just be calling on the Holy Spirit as we go throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've got a couple of comments here. And Desenia, uh, Jolanda mentioned that uh, she's into meditation and that it's helping her to get through the storms and the troubles in her life. That's awesome. And Meta says, I'm a journalist and I really can't avoid the news. This is what you mentioned, Jolanda. Uh, so I, I completely get it. Uh, Meta, this is one of those things like I'm not a journalist, but the work that I do, I have to stay on top of people like you who are reporting. Um, so, uh, it's one of those things where self-discipline, it becomes even more important. Uh, and for me, because I'm playing, I'm paying attention to reliable sources. I'm often getting information directly from the horse's mouth. Uh, I also have to be very judicious in how I handle that information. Uh, so you as a journalist who's reporting, I'm sure that you're also having to be judicious in how you report and responsible in how you're reporting that because there are people that are waiting uh, for what you're delivering to them and what you're sharing with, uh, with them. Uh, so God bless you. And I pray that God will, um, you know, help you during this time. Uh, Eudine says, I normally repeat Matthew six thirty three. seek first the kingdom of God to help me stay focused. Amen. Brittany says, Tom Hanks caught coronavirus. Pray without ceasing. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Him and his wife. And uh, I love how positive they're being, despite um, the challenges that they're currently facing. Uh, they're, uh, they're being very positive on their, on their Twitter feed about what they're experiencing. And by the way, uh, have you ever noticed that people gravitate towards people who handle difficult times in a positive way mm. versus people who handle bad experiences in a negative way? In fact, that actually repels people. Uh, when you take a bad circumstance and you handle it in a negative way or you're full of negativity. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, if we really want to be that light that shines in the world, uh, we need to be able to take these difficult moments and uh, see the good in them. And I know that that's challenging, but that's, again, when we start using how we think about things and we put on those, those glasses that God wants us to put on and see the light in the world uh, even when there's darkness, we can see it and we can project it. 
And as Christians, people are, people are watching us, especially in a time like this, when people are looking for some source of hope and encouragement. And, and we're the ones that God wants to use to bring forth that hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. So 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Mm-hmm. I love this because it reminds us of God's role in our life, not just as this omnipotent being, but also as our father, as our daddy, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. Uh, the being that you know cares for us, our Abba, right? That we can mm-hmm. come to him and he uh, will care for us, right? He's right. not this uh, angry God that I think some of us read in the Old Testament and scares us, right? <laughs> we read about in the Old Testament, but we see that God has this loving side to him. He wants to take care of us. He wants to protect us. He understands that we're human. He created us. He gave us this vast range of emotions that we have, but he doesn't want us to, um, uh, use the word my husband loves to use, marinate. He doesn't want us to marinate in our anxiety. He wants us to cast our cares and send all of that anxiety to him. I love this verse because it just reminds me of, the fact that he loves us. Like you said, he's, he's our daddy. It reminds me of my kids, you know, when they're sick or when they're struggling with something, I want to encourage them. I want to support them. I want to hold them. I want to love on them. And that's the way God is with us. He's our daddy. We can curl up on his lap, not physically, but he wants to love us in that way. And this verse is just a, just a wonderful reminder of that. Amen. 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 Uh, Yolanda called me Ellie from the block. Yes, girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. By the way, J-Lo just lived a few blocks away, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> so Beth says, amen, absolutely. Joy says, many people are recovering. And I love that point, Joy. That is so true uh, because so many of us are concerned about uh, the, the, the few that are perishing and we're not uh, paying attention to those who are recovering. And if we're really closely paying attention to the credible sources what they're mm-hmm. telling us is that if you shelter in place, you quarantine yourself, if, you feel, or if you're feeling any of the coronavirus symptoms, uh, quarantine for 14 days. Within those 14 days, um, the, uh, the virus is supposed to work its way through your system. So at that point, you should know definitively whether you have it or not. And if you just arrest, get enough liquids, and unless you get to a point where you need medical attention, um, you should be able to overcome the symptoms and make it to the other side of the virus. Uh, but many of us are not paying attention to that. We're just so concerned with the growing numbers. We're uh, get growing more and more concerned because every day it seems like more and more things are being shut down. Uh, today there was even um, some talk of, of, of possibly going in the direction that Italy has gone in, which is everybody's on lockdown and only pharmacies and, uh, and grocery stores are open. So I get it. I know that that sounds like it's something that would, um, you know, and especially in America, we're so used to having freedom, personal freedom, just being able to get up and walk out the door whenever we want. So the thought of being imprisoned in our homes on shutdown and not being able to go out, or are we going to run out of toilet paper? Am I going to have enough milk? What what about the bread and the peanut butter and jelly? I get it. I get it. It's something that um, can cause a lot of fear and anxiety. Uh, and, And by all means, we need to prepare. Uh, when you listen to these credible sources, they are telling us that we're going to see more things happen before they get better. Mm -hmm. So we need to be grounded. We need to use good judgment. We should prepare. There are plenty of instances in the Bible where God uh, tells his people to prepare. Uh, You know, I love the story of Joseph. He's one of my favorite Bible characters, but Mm -hmm. 
Joseph knew about the famine. And because he knew about the famine that was going to hit Egypt, he prepared for seven years. He knew there would be seven years of prosperity and then followed by seven years of famine. Because he mm -hmm. saw the famine coming, he used those seven years of prosperity to prepare for the seven years of famine. So instead of taking all the wealth that was coming in during those years of prosperity and, and wasting it away or spending it, he was actually putting money away, putting food away. And during those seven years of famine, what happened? There were people coming from other nations to Joseph asking for food, and he had plenty to distribute. Right. So we need to think about how we handle situations like this as well. So God is giving us the tools. He's giving us information that we're receiving. Uh, so if we're being told by elected officials and uh, the CDC and other government agencies that we should prepare them, by all means, let's prepare. Absolutely mm -hmm. prepare. Mm -hmm. Do your best to prepare and then give it to God. Put it in God's hands. Right. I mean, we certainly need to exercise wisdom and we need to do our part. Um, mm -hmm. and, and preparation is key. However, we need to really recognize that no matter how much we prepare, this situation is, is bigger than we could imagine and bigger than we could handle. And so after we do our part and after we finish preparing, we need to continue to just surrender and we need to continue to trust God and we need to call on him and ask him to give us the portion of grace that we need for each day. Amen. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. So Yolanda says, I truly believe that our bodies are resilient and will build antibodies for this virus. Yeah, just exactly. Just like the flu. And, you know, they've said that, you know, every year we have to get a flu shot because there are different strains of the flu. So this will probably be something similar. Uh, God wants our bodies. Uh, God made our bodies complex and we are amazing. Yes, absolutely. Uh, amplified uh, version. This is Joy giving us 1 Peter 5, 7. He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Oh, I love that. So nice. Uh, Meta says the Bible mentions fear not at least 80 times. Yep. I think her name's pronounced Mita. She keeps telling us. Oh, I'm sorry, Mita. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Shout out to Mita. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I get it. I've got, you know, my, my, my name is hyphenated. It's Jurado Nieves, right? And I've got people call me Gerardo Needs. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So um, our next scripture says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This is Romans 8, 28. What do you like about the scripture, Desenia? You know what I'm going to go back to, right? Every promise has a premise. So it says we know that God works for the good of those who love him. He wants our heart. He wants a relationship with us. He wants to be our daddy. And I think first and foremost, we need to surrender to him as our Lord. And when we do, that's when he's going to begin to put the pieces of the puzzle together. However, that doesn't mean that this will be easy. That doesn't mean that you and I won't get sick. It doesn't mean that our loved ones will get sick. won't get sick. It means that He's going to be with us through it all and he's going to sustain us and that he's going to, his outcome is the outcome that's going to prevail. Amen. Amen. And that's, that's the reality. And some of us might see it as harsh, right? Mm -hmm. That, Hey, yeah. One of us might contract the coronavirus. Our loved ones might contract the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. might be people that we work with, 
Uh, we might hear about people close to us or, you know, people that know other people who have been impacted in, in some way. Right. And there might be people of faith that, you know, we're like, hey, how did that or why did that happen to that person? But we mentioned mm-hmm. before, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us that if we become Christians that everything's going to go our way. It just tells us, it promises us that there will be moments of trouble. And here God is telling us that regardless of whatever that trouble is, he's going to work it out for our good. Right. So in this moment, whether it feels, it could feel as bad as it possibly could. And, you know, we've been warned it's going to get worse before it gets better. This is all going to work out for our good somehow. Mm -hmm. And recognize that, that, that doesn't mean it's going to work out the way we want it to work out. Mm -hmm. It means that it's going to work out to our good. We don't always know what's best for us, but Mm -hmm. he does. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we do things with our kids that they deem painful, but in Mm -hmm. the end we do it because we know what's good for them. And God is the same way. So we don't know what that good outcome is, but we need to trust him. One of my favorite Bible passages is Daniel, Daniel chapter three and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were told that they needed to bow before this statue. And they were like, we are not going to bow down. And they were like, dude, if you don't bow down, you're going to get thrown into the fiery furnace. And they're like, it doesn't matter because we know that our God can deliver us. But the next part they said was, they said, even if he doesn't, we are not going to bow down. And so as Christians, we need to have that same attitude. We know that God could heal us. We know that he could keep us from sickness and disease. We know that he could keep us from harm. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to surrender our faith. We're not going to bow down to the ways of the world. We can't have a fair weather faith. We've got to have that faith that just hangs on to God with tenacity. Amen. I love that. We're not going to bow down. I just, I love that. We should make a song out of that. <laughs> <laughs> a joyful noise. <laughs> great, great, great. So um, Yolanda says, Isaiah 45, 7, I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. And then she gives us 1 Corinthians 16, 13, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, act like women, really. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, girl. Okay. So here we go. Um, Love Psalm 4610. Would you like to read it then? <laughs> sure. <laughs> be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Psalm 4610. Amen. I actually have that verse on my wall in my living room. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the first portion that just says, be still and know that I am God. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I always tell people I'm a recovering control feat freak because I like to take charge and I like to have everything in order. And, you know, my idea is always the best idea. And sometimes God just tells me, sit, stop, trust, you know? And so I have that on my wall because it really just reminds me to be still in his presence and remember that he is God. In the middle of all of this crisis, God still sits on the throne. Amen. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of those, uh, things that tugs at my heart, the be still, because I'm a doer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, uh, you know, I was talking before about listening to the sources and being prepared and I'm like, honey, we got to go to the supermarket. We got to do this. We got to do that. You know, so I'm, I'm one of those, I've got to get something go- I got to get going. I got to get, get to doing things. Uh, but after we prepare at some point we needed to stop. Right. It's like right. we were saying God is in controls. And sometimes no matter how much we prepare, just as you said, 
it's not going to matter. You know, if it's, if it, if there's something in God's plan, we need to just be prepared. It's like you prepare and then you surrender, right? Pre- mm-hmm. Not only right. do you prepare for your circumstance, but you prepare for God's plan, which mm-hmm. is just making sure that we are ready for whatever it is that he wants to do. Always accept that no matter how much we prepare, that there's always an eventuality that perhaps God wants us to go in another direction. Mm-hmm. So, um, Okay. God overcomes the world. First John five, four. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Brittany. So I'd like to just ask our sisters if they have any, any questions or comments, or if anybody wants to come on live and chat with us, uh, I am more than happy to bring you on live to chat with us. Uh, just let me know and um, let us know through the comments. Yes. Bring me on. Okay, Joy. I am here. Hey, Joy. Hi, Joy. Hi, I just want to thank you guys. This has been really nice. Um, I, I I like the way that you set it up with the two people. It's kind of like a talk show. <laughs> yeah, I've always had this Oprah thing going on. <laughs> I can hear calling. That's totally cool. Um, I also want to give a shout out to St. Patrick today. Um, I watched a, a little documentary about him um, because our ministry was doing a, uh, we were doing a little evangelism activity. Um, we got it all prepared and then we weren't able to do it. Um, and it just, uh, we've been doing it for several years and it really, t- uh, it, it challenges people to think about who he really was. Um, and so I, I challenge you guys to look into his, uh, his background. He really, he changed a nation because he followed God. Um, mm-hmm. He may not have been a woman, but he is a person to uh, to look up to. So um, I just wanted to say that and that um, a lot of the things that you guys mentioned really stands out to me. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Joy. Thank you, Joy. And I always appreciate your um, your level of faith and uh you, the, your, the, your contribution to our discussions. You always have uh, such a nice introspective way of looking at things. So thank you for your contribution. Thank you. He is my life. <laughs> Amen. 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 Okay. And Brittany wants uh, to say hello as well. Brittany, I'm bringing you on. Brittany? Ellie, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Brittany? Thank you for joining us. <laughs> You're welcome. So hey, good to see you. Man, this, man, I, Man, I can't believe that we that we guys are talking about the coronavirus because it really touched my heart because um because um my pa- I I make a shout out to my my pastor from my church he did he did the, the, the sermon about the coronavirus mm. and um and I and I and I and I think you know um um because at my church we don't we don't we can't even um because uh, i always meet my pastor at after right after right after service and he told um uh, that you have to be, be cautious but um you can't shake your hand you yep. can't hug them you mm-hmm. can always uh, bump you can always yeah. uh, um um uh, elbow bump or yep. or or knuckle bump um mm-hmm. when you greet people um so and so, and in, and in most some of the churches does uh the the, the live stream only um mm-hmm. they, since uh, the the church is closed because uh because of coronavirus 
Yep. And I met at my, and I met at my my church this Mm -hmm. past Sunday. Um, And so I, so, um, so uh, we're we're coming up on the, we're coming up on the hour. So we're going to start wrapping up, but I really appreciate you being a part of our group and we really love it when you contribute. And thank you so much for always being an active member of our community. Brittany, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brittany. So thank you everyone for, um, for joining us. And we are going to sign off. Uh, we'll stay on for a couple of minutes after we turn off this recording in case anyone wants to chat. Uh, but we thank you so much. And Eudine says, in studying the great reveals in the past, I feel in my heart that God is about to bring a revival out of this. And thank you so much, Eudine, for that comment. I think it is a great way for us to end our Bible study today. And definitely, uh, if we step up to this challenge, if we control our minds and our thoughts, and if we look for the positive and use this as an opportunity to be a light in a dark place, we can definitely turn this around and definitely God can use this as a revival and we will be instrumental in that movement. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And Desenia, thank you so much for your continued wisdom and for your friendship. We are very fortunate to have you in our community. And um, I don't know. I'm inspired to bring you back again. Let's think about <laughs> Thank you, everyone, and have a great night. Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.